When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code SPOTIFY to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code SPOTIFY at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code SPOTIFY. Welcome back to the Final Four is not on the schedule. He is Rod, I am Cameron, and we're back with our um, preseason uh, previews for the Big Ten. And today, Rod, we got Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin last year, kind of a disappointing year all, overall, considering who they had and the experience they were bringing. Uh, but they went 18 and 13, 10 and 10 in the Big Ten, which was sixth. Yeah. Uh- Kind of a disappointing season, I think, is an understatement. Yeah, it was um, a really disappointing I season. Picked, they certainly were disappointing to me because I picked them to win the league. And I think I had solid reason to do so. This was a team that, if go back, it seems like ancient history now, but go back to 2019, 2020, they were one of the tri-champions along with Michigan State, Maryland, the year prior. And they brought everybody back. Some of those guys, it seemed like they've been they've been playing there since biblical times. Um, just that's a just, ton of experience. That's just what's so hard and, to believe. It wasn't and, and, like and it, it was injuries or no, they just no, didn't play. They, well. But but here's the thing: as after the season, it started to come out. A lot of these guys took shots at Greg Gard and his program. Yeah. And talked about how they didn't like the way that they were treated. They didn't feel like they were respected or valued the way. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. There were a lot of different comments. But the two guys who talked a lot were Nate Reavers and um, Aline Ford, as I recall. Uh, but, but remember, there was a point last season that people were speculating, oh, God, all of these guys are going to come back again. Yeah. Because of the free COVID year, right? And as it turns out, of that huge group of seniors, only one, only Brad Davison decided to return. So that tells you, now that doesn't necessarily mean all of them. I, I never heard Demetric Trice, for example, say anything particularly negative about, um, about a guard, but he did leave. Now, Demetric Trice had already been there five years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can understand why he didn't want to do a sixth and maybe wanted to move on with his life before he's 30. But, <laughs> um, but, uh, regardless, there was clearly a problem. And, and I think when you heard this after the fact, it explained a lot about why they were only 10 and 10. This mm. is a team that, you know, everybody figured, well, it's business as usual. Wisconsin has a ton of experience. This group's already won a conference championship together. Why wouldn't they repeat? Well, we found out it, it can be a little different. And, and Greg Gard certainly... He's had some success, and I, I do like him as a coach, but I think there's no question that his tenure succeeding Bo Ryan has been a little rockier mm-hmm. than he would have liked. Now, he's still there. Um, he's survived it, at least for now. But I think this is a very big year for him. Expectations are not going to be where they normally are. You know, I've got them ninth. I don't think many people have them much higher than that. 
Um, and there's good reason for that because they lost a ton of experience, a ton of production. And, you know, although they have some decent recruits coming in, it's not like they've got a world-beating class arriving. So it's possible that the old, familiar Wisconsin model of guys you've never heard of who sat the bench and, and just practiced primarily and didn't do very much in games last season emerge and Wisconsin is normal, competitive Wisconsin. That's possible. But I think you have reason to be a little skeptical. And if if they don't play well this year, if they don't make a run in the tournament bid and kind of outperform expectations a little bit, I'm not saying I believe he'll be fired, but I think the seat will start to get very, very warm. Mm-hmm. That's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, so one of the guys you just mentioned departing, Dimitri Trice, uh, he was a uh, 13.9 points a game, tops on the team, 41 from the floor, 37 from 379 from the line, with a better than two to one ratio. You know, he was just a really good player for a, for a long period of time. He, it's an interesting career when I compare it to his brother Travis, who obviously played at Michigan State. Um, the one Demetric had a longer run of high-level productivity than Travis did, in part because he didn't have, you know, he didn't have a Keith Appling around yeah. the way Travis Trice did to, to prevent him from having a larger role, not to mention all the other perimeter guys, you know, Gary Harris, Denzel Valentine, all those guys. But the one thing you could say about Travis Trice is Travis Trice played his best basketball when it mattered most as a senior was really instrumental in Michigan State going on that run to the Final Four in 2015. Dimitrik never had that kind of moment. I would say he had a better career overall, more productive career than Travis, um, but he didn't have the tournament success, and he certainly didn't have the kind of defining moment. You know, Michigan State fans will always, I think, reflect back on that when they think about Travis Trice and how he was just so huge in that run. And Mm -hmm. even before that, in the Big Ten tournament and down the stretch of Big Ten regular season play, he was just really, really good that last year. He elevated himself. I think Dimitrik was kind of a really good player for a, for about three years, but was never never had that moment of greatness. Uh-huh. Uh, then they also lose Micah Potter, uh, Micah Potter, six ten, um, the four five guy, uh, depending on which where you put him, but 12.5 points a game, 5.9 rebounds, which was tops on the team. And he shot 50, 39 and 84. You know, good player. I mean, he was kind of an afterthought early in Ohio state. Then he had a decent second year, um, kind of a shot transfer within the conference. Had to, if, again, it's ancient history now, but if, if you go back to the 18, 19 season, um, or no, it was 19, it was, I'm sorry, it was 1920, uh, where he had to sit out. Wisconsin really thought they were getting robbed. They made him sit out the first oh, semester. And then he came back in um, like January or something. And was, and was just sensational. Mm-hmm. He was, he was the main reason I think why that team ended up tying for a big 10 title was because he came in and was just an insanely good. He wasn't quite that crazily efficient last year, but still pretty good. I mean, a guy his size shooting 39% from three, um, solid rebounder, decent in the post, um, 
you know, you'll you'll take that. And it, losing him is a big deal for Greg Gard because he was he was a very consistent presence inside for them. Uh, and then they also lose Aleem Ford, 6'8", um, averaged 8.7 points a game, uh, 4.2 rebounds, 41, 34, and 78. Uh, but he started all 31 games. Um, so big kind of part of that starting rotation. Absolutely. In terms of experience, that's a big loss. You know, I think he was the other guy besides Potter. If, if I remember correctly, the year prior, his junior year, Ford really took off in conference play and kind of elevated his game to another level. So those two guys were the big difference in that team from early on where they were struggling to where they just cruised down the stretch. I mean, I forget what the number was, but they won like an insane amount. Of, like they won their last 13 games in a row in the conference, something like that. Mm-hmm. They went on a big run, and those two guys were the key. Um, he wasn't quite as good this past year. And, again, I talked about after the season, all this stuff came out about, um, his unhappiness with the coaching staff, and maybe that explains some of it. But, um, yeah, you, you have to uh, – you're still replacing a lot of minutes, a lot of shots, a lot of just experiences on the court when losing him. Yeah. Uh, and then also Nate Reavers, 6'10". He's, I mean, he was really at the crux of, of – the disappointment here, 8.3 points a game, only 3.3 rebounds, um, 42 from the floor, 29 from three and 78 from the line. Yeah, there's, there's no question about it. Um, this is a guy who a lot of people, myself included, thought had a very legitimate chance to be a first team, all big 10 guy. And, and frankly, he was terrible, terrible. I mean, those, 8.3 points, 3.3 rebounds. You're still producing a little bit, but come on. This is a guy who had been an all-Big Ten caliber player earlier in his career, yeah. and he just didn't come close to doing what they thought he would do. Mm-hmm. And then they lose Trevor Anderson, the yeah. 6'3". As a fact, we, we know why. Yeah. Uh, they also lose Trevor Anderson, 6'3 guard, only 3.1 points a game uh, in his final season. 53 from the floor, 54 from three, 67 from the line, and but limited attempts. So he only averaged about 14 minutes a game. Yeah, but, you know, 54% from three, you can't see that. And um, I think you'd say his play was a silver lining in an otherwise, you know, tough year for Wisconsin relative to expectations. He'd be a nice guy for them to have back for another go-around. Let's put it that way. Um, because you could you could maybe look at expanding his role a little bit and his actually being able to help you, um, but he won't. So um, they they lose that as well. Yeah, at fifty four percent, you got to kind of blame the coaching staff at that point, right? I mean, if you why didn't you get well, more shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. Uh, and then Joe Hedstrom, the seven foot preferred walk on, um, he winds up transferring out to Valpo. Yeah, you know, I, I normally wouldn't mention walk-ons leaving, but but this is a kid that Wisconsin kind of hyped up when they brought him in. And with his size and Wisconsin's track record of developing similar guys with similar profiles at that position, I, I, I think it was, you know, maybe a little bit of a, a, a loss. We'll see how he develops at Valpo. Mm-hmm. Might be battling Tom Skettier for minutes there. Um, oh, that's right. Right. But, um, 
But uh, I think I, that's the only reason I mentioned. He really didn't do anything at Wisconsin. But, again, how many times have we seen Wisconsin big men? He didn't do anything their first two or three years in the program, and all of a sudden, as juniors and seniors, they're killers. Yeah. Uh, so then the returning players, Brad Davison's the one guy who, uh, well, a few, but the main one out of that big group, uh, 6'3", um, returns for his fifth season, averaged 10 points a game, 35 from the floor, 39 from three, 87 from the line with a uh, 3-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. And I think maybe more than anyone, he he benefit from Dimitri Trice leaving. I've always felt that they were kind of very similar uh are fairly similar in the fact of the way they play and their size and everything. What do you think about him? Well, you know, I, I think that um, it's probably, if if Greg Gard has his way, Davidson's role, at least positionally, isn't going to change. Because they have a freshman they very much want to take over at the point. We'll see if he does. Um, I hear you because you can, and maybe, I don't know, maybe this is, you can tell me if I'm right or not. Remember when a lot of these guys, including Trice, were hurt. And Davison was a freshman, and he had to play on the ball, and it was kind of a big role out of necessity, right? Yeah. Um, and that was his most productive year. Mm-hmm. That was his most productive year. So maybe that's what it is. Um, I, I think that it is interesting that you can fairly say um, – you know, when Brad Davidson was a freshman, I remember thinking, oh, God, this guy is going to be a pain in the ass for yeah. four years, like so many other Wisconsin players that have come along before him. And he has been, just not for the reasons that you thought. I mean, he's, he's, he's got the worst reputation in the conference um, in terms of, you know, the, the referee baiting stuff and dirty play and, and all of that. But as a as a player, as a producer, he never quite made good on that potential. I expected he would be an all big 10 guy before he was done. Yeah. You know, or close to that. And he's been good and he's been productive, but he hasn't been that. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I think this year, look out of necessity, he's going to have to be a focal point of the offense. He just has to be Mm. because they just don't have, they don't have a lot of other um, proven – they don't have anybody who's as proven as he is. And, you know, even if he's not starting at the point, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. So I would expect him – what he averaged, 10 points a game last year? I would expect that's going to tick up because it has to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jonathan Davis, 6'5", sophomore, um, had a nice freshman season, averaged 7 points a game, 4.1 rebounds, 44 from the floor, uh, 39 from three, seventy-three from the line. Um, I'll tell you what this makes me think of. The Wisconsin fan base was absolutely thrilled to get this guy in recruiting. And he was not even consistently a top 100 ranked recruit. I look at this as perhaps a similar scenario to what sometimes happens with kids from the state of Michigan, where they just don't get for whatever reason, and you could speculate there's a lot of different possibilities as to why, but where they don't get the respect that the, the people in their home state believe that they're due. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that clearly that was proven to be the case of Jonathan Davis because he was really, really good in a 
you know, in a reserve role, in a, in a support role last year for a Badger team that had a lot of experience, but you could see the potential. He played uh, for the 19-under USA World Championship team. He was on that team with uh, Jay Knighty at Purdue, who was really good, um, and by all accounts had a great summer. So this is the guy I would expect to see really, really elevate his production. Mm-hmm. He averaged seven a game last year. I wouldn't be surprised to see him double it. Mm-hmm. I, I would bet on either he or Davison being the, the top scorer on this team, and they definitely should be the top two. Uh, and then Tyler Wall, 6'7", junior, started 18 games last year. Um, 5.2 points a game, 4.3 rebounds, shooting 44, 28, and 57 from the line. 57 is a little rough. Yeah, and the 28 from three doesn't doesn't make you do cartwheels either. I think that the issue here is he's okay in the role that he's been in, which is kind of a glue guy. He moved into that starting lineup when they weren't getting production out of, you know, we talked about Reavers having such a terrible year and Aleem Ford kind of backtracking a little bit, even though he remained a starter. Wall saw more minutes as the year went on and a bigger role because of that in part. And he's a team-first guy. He does a lot of dirty work. You know, again, Wisconsin always seems to have guys like this. I think the open question with him is, can he be more than that? Because mm. they would like him to be more than that. They kind of need someone to be more than what he gave them last year. Is he capable of really stepping up? Or is the guy he has been his first couple of years really the only thing he's capable of being? Uh, then Ben Carlson, 6'9", 230-pound sophomore, uh, only played in seven games last year, but partly because of injury. Um, he'll be coming back. I think this is your starting five. And okay. they talked about him a lot coming in the last season. As a young big man, a recruit they were very excited about, at, I believe he's out of Minnesota. Um didn't play much because of the injuries and also because of the depth Wisconsin had. But um, they, the way they talk about him, it sounds like standard issue Wisconsin big man. You know, mm. a guy who's got enough size that he can uh, he can do some things in the paint, but he can also step away from the rim and hit a three, um, stretch the floor, rebound decently. They've got to have a couple big step up, and, and he's the guy in the front of the line, it would seem. Then uh, Stephen Kroll, another candidate for maybe an expanded role, seven foot sophomore, um, just under a point a game, under a rebound in twelve uh, games last year. He's the other top candidate to play um, to play a big role, and he may get minutes regardless, even if he's not the starter. Obviously, a little bigger than Carlson, um, and you like the fact that he's got he gives you that legitimate five size. He's gotten a little bigger, a little stronger. We'll see how that all works out. Uh, then Jordan Davis, 6'4", sophomore, the twin brother, Jonathan, um, played very sparingly last year, um, about 13 games. Yeah. Um, I, you know, this is similar to the Murray twins, right, where one is really, really good and the other maybe not so much. I, I, I don't see a lot of reason to think that his role will expand tremendously, but time will tell. I'm not expecting it. Mm. Uh, then, so for newcomers, uh, you have a transfer uh, from Wake Forest, 6'3", Jacoby Heath, 
Um, he averaged 3.8 points a game in 15 minutes, 36 from the floor, 22 from 391 from the line. Um, but he did shoot 40% as a freshman from three. Yeah, and that's the key. You know, guard thinks, and, and rightly so, you have to take an optimistic view of these things, say, okay, we think he's more like the guy he was as a freshman than what he was as a sophomore. Mm. Um, the fact that he's played in the ACC for a couple years and that Wisconsin has definite needs on the perimeter, um, you know, I think he's highly likely to end up in the rotation. Uh, and then they also get another transfer, this one from Cincinnati, Chris Vogt, 7'1", 260-pound uh, big, five, five points a game, three and a half rebounds in a block, and 21 starts, uh, where he averaged about 19 minutes a game. It'll be it'll be interesting to me to see where he fits in. You, you would think he's got a rotation spot, at the least. Mm-hmm. Um, he is not the standard issue Wisconsin big man. I, I'm trying to think. The last time that was Wisconsin, I guess, I guess you would say Ethan Happ, but Ethan Happ was was such a unique player that I almost don't feel. Oh, I know this kid is not in the same category. But what I was going to say is, when's the last time Wisconsin had a big man who couldn't stretch the floor? And Happ was not a good shooter. That was the one weakness in his game. But he did so much else as a passer, as a defender that I. It's not fair to compare Vote to him, but Vote yeah. is not a standard issue Wisconsin center. Mm. Um, there's no shooting range, but he's got a lot of experience. He's certainly got a lot of size, as we keep talking about. If you've got a card like that to play, especially against certain teams in this conference, that's a real advantage because you're going to need that. If you can just throw a guy out there who at least physically can hang with these behemoths that some of these teams, I mean, Michigan and Illinois and Purdue are rolling out guys that at any time in my life watching Big Ten basketball would be the biggest guys in the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, And we've got at least three of them running around. That's not even talking about slightly more human-sized players like um, you know, Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, only 6'9", 6'10". Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Vogt is, is likely to be a rotation guy. If he's starting, though, that's a problem, mm. I think. Um, because I know I know that's not Greg Gard's preferred mode of playing. He wants big men that can do different kinds of things offensively. And so I would still lean toward Carlson being the odds-on favorite to be the starter. But the battle between Vogt and Kroll, maybe, for that second spot in the rotation That'll be interesting. Um, you figure Vogt's going to have to play some because just having that much D- D1 experience, that's that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they bring in a guy from um, UNLV, Isaac Lindsay, who comes in. He's kind of a preferred walk-on for him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he was a scholarship player at UNLV, but he didn't do much. Not on scholarship for Wisconsin. I, I don't expect much from him. Uh, and then Lauren Bowman, 6'2 guard from Detroit. Uh, what's the deal with him? Well, he stepped away from the team last year. He was going to be a freshman last year. Um, you know, Lauren Bowman played a lot of high-level basketball in this state at a couple different high schools. I think if I remember correctly, he started out at Detroit Western, and then I think he finished up at Orchard Lake St. Mary, if I remember correctly. Um Ended up his last year in AAU playing some with the family on the EYBL circuit after he 
played for uh, um, some smaller. I think he played for Reach, uh, which was a smaller level mob shoe company affiliated team uh, for a while. But um, you know, he's an interesting player. He's not really a point guard, despite his size. Not a great athlete. He's okay. An okay shooter, not great. But Wisconsin figured he was going to help last year. They thought he had a real chance to help. They still think he's got a chance to help. Um, but I, I won't be surprised if he's in the rotation. I just don't know. You know who he kind of makes me think of a, a little bit? is Not that they're exactly the same player, but you remember a few years ago, uh, Iowa had a kid from Lansing, um, Anthony Clements, Sap Clements. Okay, yeah. And 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 Sap was actually a starter for them as a point guard, but he was neither fish nor foul. I thought, like, I didn't think he was really a point guard. He was never a good enough shooter to really be a major option on the wing. He did some good things at times, but. He just, it, it was funny because, of the, not to dwell on this too much, but even when they were in high school, I never understood why he was more highly regarded than Bryn Forbes. You know, when he gets recruited to Iowa, Bryn Forbes started out at Cleveland State. Because uh. to me, it was like, well, Bryn Forbes does one thing really, really well. You could see it when he was 15 years old. He was just a knockdown shooter. Whereas I couldn't see it with Anthony Clemens. I just, I, I thought he was good. I understood why he was a D1 player but I just didn't see what he did exceptionally well. And that's kind of how I feel about Lauren Bowman, but we'll see how he, we'll see how he does now that he's back at Wisconsin and playing. Mm-hmm. And then Chucky Hepburn, six, two point guard from Nebraska. Uh, and he's got some, some chance to make an impact here. It looks like. This is the guy I mentioned that, uh, you know, when you were talking about Davidson, this is the guy they want to start. And early reports I've read suggested he's looked pretty good. Um, as I say here in our preview, he guard would prefer not to have to move Davidson to the point. I think he wants him off the ball to kind of be the guy he can look to, to, to score a little more, um, and not have the burden of running the offense. So Hepburn's going to get every chance to win the job. Um, what they like about him is he's a very considered a very strong two way player. They like his defensive ability. They think he can run an offense. The knock on him has been consistency with the jump shot, but, if he can run the offense effectively and defend, I think he's the starter, even if he's struggling with his shooting. Uh, and then Marcus Eber, 6'8", native of Estonia, comes in. What, yeah. What do we know um, about him? Well, they say he's got good shooting skill. That probably makes him a three in Wisconsin. Uh, if his shot is as good as reported, you'd have to say he's got a chance to play, but you know, again, we're working with very little information as far as that goes. You know, this is not a guy who's been on the shoe circuit. Um, but we'll see. Uh, and then Matthew Moore is 6'7", 220-pound freshman from South Dakota. Similar profile, except we know a little bit more about him. He chose Wisconsin over Creighton, among others. So, you know, if you get offered by Creighton, that, that tells you that, at the very least, they, they saw potential in him as an offensive player, and that is his reputation. Guy with decent size at 6'7", 220, who can also shoot. Um, again, if he's shooting early, this team is going to need some offense from somewhere that might give him a chance to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chris Hodges, 6'9", 230, uh, pound uh, five from Illinois. 
Yeah, but the thing I like is that he's gotten a lot bigger and stronger over the last year. He's added some good weight. Um, we've talked about three other big men candidates for Wisconsin, so you would assume that a true freshman is behind all of them, especially one who's not particularly highly regarded as seen as a developmental guy. So my expectation would be he probably doesn't play and might even redshirt. But because none of these guys are proven at Wisconsin, you can't say it definitively until they roll the balls out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, all in all, a lot of new faces on Wisconsin. Um, it looks like a little bit of a scary scenario for them. Well, I think it's a transition year to be sure, but boy, is it a big deal that they got. Yeah, I think two things, that they got Davison to come back and that Jonathan Davis didn't decide to transfer. Not that I was under the impression he was unhappy, but in this environment, the way things are now, hey, if you looked around, you you were a good player, and you kind of saw the program in a little bit of chaos, you know, a lot of guys in those situations have just up and moved on, right? Mm-hmm. We're in an environment where you can get immediate eligibility. So the fact that they kept those two guys is the reason that I've got them. That and the fact that it's Wisconsin on the front of the jersey, which admittedly is not a good reason to pick them where I've got them, but I have to be honest with you. My assumption is that Greg Gard is a good enough coach that he will figure out how to maximize what this roster's got to give him, and that with low expectations, that may actually work to their advantage. Yeah, um, I do think Jonathan Davis can be a really good player. That's another reason I've got him where I do. Um, and obviously Davison, we, we know what he's about. Other than that, there's not much in the way of proven production. They like this recruiting class. I know that. Mm. Um, they're, they're very high, even though none of these guys are superstars. They rarely are at Wisconsin. So that part doesn't faze me. You know, when they talk highly, really highly about Chucky Hepburn, I assume that Chucky Hepburn's going to be pretty good. Um, that's just through years, you know, because Greg Gard was the primary recruiter for Bo Ryan before he became the head coach. So he's been intimately involved in this whole, you know, 20-year era uh-huh. of Wisconsin basketball. And, and when they talk up a guy, I tend to take that seriously. I give that some credence, you know. So I expect that, that Hepburn will be good. And if he is, that's a boost because it gives him a capable point guard and it means Davison doesn't have to shoulder that burden either. Mm-hmm. So he can focus more on scoring and leading. Um, I think the, big, the biggest question mark is up front. You know, do, do any of these big men come through and prove to be effective players? If they do, Wisconsin can be competitive. If they don't, it, it's going to be tough. Yeah, you know, but I'm expecting that again. This, when this coaching staff talks about Carlson the way that they have, I'm kind of expecting that he's going to be pretty good. Um, I don't know how good, but I think he's going to be pretty good. So we'll see. This team could easily, you know, if you look at Northwestern, you look at Iowa, you look at Nebraska. Those are three teams that I think are all potentially capable of finishing ahead of Wisconsin. It's very close between these teams. So when it's that close, uh, human nature is you default to the past, and the past Wisconsin has had has been very successful for the most part. Mm-hmm. So 
that's why I've got them where, where I do. But it will not be shocking to see them 10th, 11th. That, that would be a, a big surprise. I would be kind of surprised if they finish a lot higher than this because I think it's, it's really at this point, once we go from here and now we're moving into the top eight in the league, I think there's a pretty clear separation. Uh, you know, when we start talking about some of these next few teams like Rutgers and Indiana, and Michigan State, and, you know, on and on and on, um, the, those teams, on paper at least, look a lot more capable to me than the group that we've just gotten done discussing. And Wisconsin would be in that latter group. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that'll do it for Wisconsin. Um, any, any final thoughts with them? No, I think we've, we've transition year. That's how I would, that's how I would phrase it. All right. Until next time, the final four is not on the schedule. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.